The Orlando Magic are completing their training camp roster. The three players that they have added to the team to get them closer to that magic number of 21 before training camp, what they will bring to camp and the Osceola Magic, or maybe to the team themselves. Plus, Orlando City, what lessons the Magic can learn from Orlando City's consistency and their playoff run ahead. We'll get to that today on Locked On Magic. You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando Magic podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is August 23rd, or I'm recording this on August 22nd, 2023. My name is Philip Rossman-Reich. I'm the site expert and editor over at OrlandoMagicDaily.com. Just follow me on Twitter at philiprr underscore O-N-D. On today's episode of Locked On Magic, the Orlando Magic have reportedly, they're not official yet, reportedly made Two more signings to add to another that they made last week as their training camp roster gets closer to completion. What you need to know about Trevlin Crean, Mia One, and Mac McClung, what they bring to the Orlando Magic and what they will bring to camp coming up in just a moment. And also, we're going locked off Magic today. Going to talk about Orlando's other major professional sports team, Orlando City, as they get ready for their playoff run. We're going to get to that coming up here in just a moment. But first, we want to thank you again for making Locked On Magic part of your day every day, no matter when you listen to us, whether it's first thing in the morning, whether it's right when we upload. We truly appreciate you making Locked On Magic part of your day every day. Remember, there's a great Locked On podcast covering every single team in the NBA. Just search for Locked On and the team you're looking for, the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. Before we get locked off Magic, let's stay locked on Magic here as the Orlando Magic have reportedly made three Fairly interesting signings to their team. Now, first thing you're probably asking is, how could the Magic make any more signings to their team? They got 15 players under contract, including Jonathan Isaac's non-guaranteed deal. The only spot they had left, I thought, was their open third two-way spot. Well, you are correct. The Orlando Magic have to be down to 15 to- have to be down to 15 players plus their three uh, two-way spots by the start of the regular season. But until then, the Magic are allowed to carry 21 total players. Uh, on their training camp roster. Um, essentially, this allows teams to have some extra bodies for camp, for practices, for pickup runs at, at, at the Evan Health Training Center. Um, this isn't abnormal. Um, so what we're talking about in the first segment of today's show, very, very, you know, frankly, not big deals. Um, you know, I, my first reaction to the three signings that the Magic made was like, well, there's still no power forward. The Magic need one more power forward, I think, to complete their roster. And there are some interesting ones out there. Movaga could play some four. Jed Howard and Joe Ingles might play some four. There are options out there for this team uh, to fill those needs. Instead, what the Magic have done is they've looked to fill out the remainder of their training camp roster with seemingly athletic and long wings because what do the Magic love more than athletic and long wings? The big signing came today. Sham Sharani reporting that the Orlando Magic have reportedly signed Mac McClung to a one-year deal. Now, again, these one-year deals are probably only partially guaranteed. They probably have the Exhibit 10 language in them that allow, that pays them a little extra if they clear waivers and come back to play for the Osceola Magic. This is about filling out the roster. As far as we know, these are not two-way contracts. That two-way contract spot is the last remaining roster spot open on this team, and maybe it's something that there will be a competition for in training camp. Now, 
Mac McClung's a big name, obviously, because he won the slam dunk contest last year. A lot of people laughed at the idea of a G League player in the slam dunk contest. All the basketball people were like, no, Mac McClung is actually probably one of the most athletic players in the NBA circuit. Uh, and he's also a pretty good player to boot. And the G League dunk contest is usually better than the NBA dunk contest. Anyway, don't think that Mac McClung is only a dunker. Please don't, because he had put up some crazy good stats last year. Last year, uh, McClung scored 25 points in 41 minutes across two games for the Philadelphia 76ers. In the G League, he averaged 19.8 points per game and 26.8 minutes per game with shooting splits of 55%, 47.4% from three, and 82.3% from the line in 31 appearances during the regular season. He is an excellent dunker. He is a fantastic athlete, but this is a player that is multidisciplinary. He had two 30-point games in the G League Finals, which the Delaware which the Delaware Bluecoats ended up winning, GM by our guy, Junior Nelson. Um, this is a guy that can add a lot on the floor, and it would not surprise me if he does end up getting that, that third two-way spot. Uh, of the three players we're going to talk about today, he is probably the most well-rounded and most NBA-ready. And, of course, that stuff is really, really important uh, as the Magic decide what to do with that final spot, with this final roster spot. The next player we want to talk about is Trevlin Queen. Uh, Trevlin Queen was the 2022 G League MVP. He played last year for the Fort Wayne Mad Ants, the best team name in the G League. Averaging 22.6 points per game, six and a half rebounds per game. His shooting splits 48.2, 26.5, During his MVP season in 2022, he averaged 25.3 points per game. Shooting splits of 48.5, 34.2, Trevor Queen is essentially a master of everything inside the paint, as far as I can tell. He can shoot threes, not a great shooting percentage, but he can make those threes. But he is great at attacking the basket, finishing, finishing with athleticism around the rim hitting a, a short little mid-range jumper, uh, and just being a big, wiry, rangy three. Um, that is, that's what's really exciting about Trevor McQueen, and one of the reasons why uh, I think that he is a really solid, really, really solid player and someone to look out for and to keep an eye on uh, for this Magic team uh, moving forward. Um, he is, he's just interesting. Like, there's just a lot interesting about him and interesting about the way that he plays and, and what he brings to the table. Um, again, rangy athlete, that's kind of the Magic's MO. And the last guy to talk about uh, of this crew is Mia Oni. Now, Mia Oni fits everything, every stereotype you have about the Magic to a T. He is six foot six with a six foot ten wingspan. That's what he measured at during the NBA draft combine back in 2019 or 2020. Um he is not the most impressive statistical player. He averaged 12.7 points per game and 6.1 rebounds per game. But the SLC stars back in 2020. He's totaled 145 total points in 672 minutes across 80 games for Utah Jazz from 2020 to 2022. He played last year in London for the London Lions, averaging only 7.9 points per game and 4.8 rebounds per game. Not exactly impressive. The league in, in the UK and in England has gotten a lot better. Still not like a high rent league. The Magic are bringing Oni in. He's a really smart player, uh, both smart on the court and off the court. He went to Yale uh, four, year, four, year, uh, at four years at Yale where he was a, a great scorer. But he's there to be an energy guy and a long-armed defender. He blocks shots off the rims in, in England. He's a pretty good defender. He knows where to be. He knows how to make the right play. It's Is he going to make shots? Is he going to do all, all that stuff? Um, But he can come in and fill a role. Essentially, 
because we're not talking about guys that are necessarily going to be in the rotation. Look, Mac McClung could certainly be in the rotation. I would not put it past uh, past Treble and Queen to, to, to try and sneak into that two-way spot either. They're both really accomplished players. And Mia Oni would be a great addition to the Osceola Magic, in my opinion, as well. These are all really interesting players. And, and I think, you know, the Magic are right to bring these guys in and give them a look. But essentially what these guys are there to do is to continue giving big athletic bodies for this Magic team to practice against. You get 21 players for training camp. That means you can run five on five. You can bring guys in and out of the lineups. You can play players together and still have NBA quality bodies and NBA quality length, the kind of length you love as your lender magic out there on the floor to simulate things and, and, to, and to, to, to test things out. These are all great players in and of themselves. So I don't want to, I don't, you know, I don't want to diminish them too much to say that their role is just to simulate being other players or simulate length and athleticism. They can play, and 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 you know I think all three of them have a shot at that last two-way spot. It's not likely. I would put McClung as the favorite among these three, but they all have their shot, and they're all capable of getting in getting into that spot. What this all says is a the Magic have only one roster spot left before training camp. They have that two-way spot, but all these uh, they have twenty-one, including the three two-ways. They've got twenty on their roster right now as they get set for training camp, and we are. Seeing the finish line, a little bit more than a month away. October 2nd is media day. October 3rd uh, is the start of training camp. So there is a lot to get to and a lot to work for, work for as well. Um, that's the latest on the Orlando Magic. We might have a little bit more uh, on, the, on these signings and what to expect for Magic training camp on tomorrow's episode of Locked On Magic. But we want to get to our Locked Off Magic discussion on Orlando City, get you up to date on what's going on with Orlando's other major sports team here in the city beautiful. But before we do that, let's give a quick word from our friends over at, uh, I don't even know who, who are, who are advertising to you at Ibotta. There we go. Uh, at Ibotta. Look, picking up burgers and hot dogs for that last summer barbecue here at late August. You're, you're doing it already, right? So why not get cash back for it? Why not get paid to barbecue? It's, it's, it's really that simple. Ibotta gives you cash back on hundreds of grocery items like those hot dog buns, like those ha- like that hamburger meat, like those potato chips, uh, from produce to personal care to pantry goods, so you can make sure you're beating inflation no matter what you're purchasing. Either link your loyalty account or upload your receipt after you shop and get your cash back. It's really that easy. The average Ibotta user earns $120 per year. That could cover the cost of an entire shopping trip or you could use your cash back to buy that flight you've been eyeing, that game you're dying to go to, or the fancy dinner you've been craving. Other apps give you points that don't amount to much. With Ibotta, you get real cash back that you can cash out to your bank account, PayPal, or gift cards. You can earn cash back on hundreds of online brands and retailers too when you start with Ibotta, including Lowe's, Macy's, Sephora, Best Buy, and more. Right now, Ibotta is offering our listeners $5 just for trying Ibotta by using the code LOCK when you register, just go to the App Store or Google Play Store and download the free Ibotta app and use Lock today. That's Ibotta, I B O T T A, in the Google Player App Store and use code Locked today. When we come back, we're going to chat with our friend Austin David. He's been on the show before, it's been a while. We're going to chat with Austin David and learn all about what Orlando City has in store for us for their stretch run to the playoffs and what we can learn as Orlando Magic fans. Stay tuned. We'll have that coming up in just a moment.
And we are now locked off magic, joined by Orlando City's Austin David. You can find his work on orlandocitysc.com. He's covering the covering the Lions all season. He's been in Orlando. He's been covering Orlando City much longer than that, but he's uh, uh, up on the on the Lions website right now. And it's been a fun Orlando City season, certainly some frustration, but now really getting into the meat of it, the final like, quarter, third of the season, something like that. Um, so Austin, welcome to Locked Off Magic. Appreciate you having me. It's uh, I think the last time I was on with you was previewing like the 2019 season or something like something, that. Something like that. I used to do a yearly se- uh, season preview of, of Orlando City because I want to get around to the other Orlando sports. Um, we've had Locked on Bucks and Locked on Jaguars here on the show to to get us ready for those seasons uh, on our Locked Off Magic series. But we're going to keep it close to home here with, with the Orlando City Lions. Uh, they're not the Orlando City Lions. I apologize. Like, 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 find me, slap me on the wrist. Uh, Orlando City, the Lions. Um, uh, uh, we'll get into get into them as they are in the thick of a really, really fun MLS playoff chase now that the League's Cup is over and, and Messi mania will hopefully start to die down. Uh, it mm. won't. Um, whether he makes the playoffs or not is going to be the fascinating part of the end of the season because they're far, far back. Um, but let's start with this. Um, how would you describe Orlando City season so far? Because the last time I know you and I talked about it, uh, you know, I think we were both a little skeptical. At least I was a little bit skeptical of what they were building and, and how they were coming together. And, and obviously, things have kind of started to turn around, sort of uncharacteristically, during these summer months. Yeah, I think at the beginning of the season, there was a lot of. Uh, overturning, right? There was a lot of players that left, a lot of players that came in, key players that left as well, like Alexander Pato, Benji Michel, guys that were playmakers, goal scorers, etc. And there were a lot of players that were brought in, uh, guys that were coming from out of the league, uh, a couple from in the league, but a lot of question marks regardless. It was more a matter of how are these guys going to fit into MLS? How are these guys going to fit into the team, the new identity? How are they going to mesh with all the guys that are currently there that have been there for as long as they have been. And it started about as as expected, you know, a lot of growing pains. And I think throughout the first third of the season, you could see that where there were games where um, they just couldn't find the rhythm, whether it was offensively, defensively, there was just something missing. And then over the course of the last two months or so, they seem to have found it. And I think that was, again, somewhat expected, um, especially with some of these new guys that are kind of learning the game, learning how uh, travel works in MLS, because you're not used to going from Orlando to Seattle and back all within the course of 72 hours. Uh, That takes a toll on your body that you've just never been able to experience when you're, you know, living in Argentina or England or Austria or wherever you're from, and you're making a 45 minute flight to your farthest destination that you play in your home country. So it is very much an adjustment, uh, especially for some of these guys that are moving away from home for their first time. I know talk to Martin Ojeda, uh, Orlando city's designated player about that. Uh, he was brought in for a big money signing and it was tough for him to adjust, you know, just being away from his family, being away from all of his friends, everything that he's ever known and being in a whole new country that, doesn't speak the same language as much. You know, he speaks in Spanish and there's a big Spanish community here in Orlando, but it's still a very, very different cultural shock for him. And I think that first couple months, there was very much a culture shock and it took some time for him to adjust. And he's still adjusting even now, but uh, you've got guys that are, are stepping up and, and becoming really big players for this team. I think Ivan Angulo, uh, who came in on loan last year and has been 
on loan throughout the rest of this season. He has been a massive part of this Orlando City offense, just his speed, his technical ability. Um, he's been really fun to watch. Facundo Torres, who was the designated player last year, he's been really, really good, starting to find his form again, uh, just in terms of his chance creation as well as finishing at a penalty last uh, last game against Chicago. Uh, and then you have Duncan McGuire, the big surprise that nobody seemed to expect except for the entire Orlando City scouting department. Um, the kid came out of college from Creighton. He scored 23 goals in 24 games last year. Prior to that, I think he had six goals in his first three seasons of college soccer. So there was a lot of question marks regarding him and his ability to translate to the professional game. But, I mean, he's outplayed designated player Urchan Kara, um, the guy who's making millions of dollars more than him. And because he's in form and he's the one scoring goals right now, he's starting. So uh, I think there's been a lot of surprises from this team. And I think, uh, you know, heading into the final 11 games of the season, it's it's definitely an exciting time. Yeah, you don't you don't win the Herman Cup for nothing, and that's that's the, if you don't know what the Herman Cup is, that is NCAA that is the NCAA soccer version of the Heisman Trophy. Duncan McGuire was the winner last year, uh, and look, you don't usually see rookies step in and, and score the way that he's scoring. And, and Orlando City brought him along slowly; they kind of brought him off the bench as a as a as a kind of a, you know one to, a punch off the bench uh, to, to get that scoring. And now he's starting; he's not playing the full ninety quite yet, but strikers rarely do uh, these days. But uh, you know, the Lions, it, it, it's like you said, it's been a little bit of just adjusting to, to everything new. Um, and, and I think it's worth recognizing and considering what's been consistent about Orlando City during this successful run. I mean, look, they're sitting in what fourth place in the Eastern Conference that that would get them a home playoff game once again. You know, it, it the, the MLS, first off, MLS is just super challenging. Uh, you know, you mentioned just the travel the heat in the U.S. is very different than the heat elsewhere in the country, elsewhere in the world. Um, you know, certainly playing in Florida, you know, they have they add the hydration breaks. It, it is, you know, no matter what you want to say about soccer players, and they're the most fit athletes probably in 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 major team sports. The you know they're they're playing under some grueling conditions, and and MLS does present huge challenges that a lot of other leagues don't present. And, and it is worth recognizing that even if MLS isn't the best, isn't the like top league in the world. But um, when you look at Orlando city, what's really been fascinating about them is just how steady that ship has been. Um, you know, early in the year, they were, they were dropping some games. They were struggling to score goals. Like they couldn't win at home, which is very rare for them. Um, I know I commented to you that like, I was concerned about the slow start Orlando City got off to because typically in July and August, they struggle to put wins together because just the, the heat in Florida, be, you know, kind of it gives them a home field advantage, but also takes it away from them because they're dealing with the heat too. And, you know, sometimes there's not much you can do about it. And just historically, Orlando City's kind of faded late in the season. Instead, it seems like this year, that's been where they've been surging. And look, League's Cup gave them a nice break. They were able to advance to the knockout round. They lost to Inter-Miami. We don't like that. But, uh, but uh, you know, gave them a little bit of a break. They, they came out strong with a with a solid effort Sunday in Chicago. Um, but how much has the consistency from Oscar Pereja helped this team grow? Um, you know, how, how much of an influence has he had on how this team has performed this year and whether that early storm and that getting to know you faced it to get to a point where, you know, the Lions are, are in the thick of having home field advantage and, you know, maybe being a, a team we can talk about for, for the big prize at the end. 
Yeah, I think I think with Oscar, I like he's just been consistently consistent, right? Uh, he never gets too high on his highs and never gets too low on his lows. And I think that that's resonated within the team where, you know, when they were going through tough times, he was still confident that they would get out of it. And even when they're winning, he's not overconfident saying like we're the best team. He's like, well, we've still got more to go. And I think that having that mentality within the team and, and you know, despite how passionate he is about it, he still has a level mindset where it's like, we still have a job to do. And I think resonating through the team and especially from the younger guys uh, who are, you know, very much kind of still learning the professional game, uh, it helps them in just terms of uh, getting along and getting acclimated to to how a, a 34 game MLS season, along with a Champions League, along with a Leagues Cup and along with a U.S. Open Cup run uh, can go through. And, you know, for Orlando City's sake, they, they, they played basically four tournaments this year and that's the most they've ever played. And so having all of those games, having all of these ups and downs where they're, you know, making it into the knockout rounds of Leagues Cup and then losing to Miami or, you know, continuing this winning streak within MLS. Um, Oscar has been the, the, the steady hand that's been steering the ship the entire time. And again, they've gotten to the playoffs every year that he's been here, starting in 2020 when that was a, a very weird year, but that was arguably the best season that Orlando City's had, and that was his first season. So he's been the, the steady hand and uh, continues to do so in year, uh, year four now. Uh, with this team and I think it's just it, it's been a, a massive boon to this team just having a guy that has been here consistently um, and his staff as well you know those, those guys have been there the entire time with him yeah and, and and when you look at it like earlier in the season there were people calling for Oscar's head like they like like people were ready to move on and I know he's got and I don't want to get too deep into the contract situation because his contract is up at the end of the year by all accounts um, I think he's acknowledged that publicly, so I don't think that's by all accounts. Uh, but but like people were kind of over him, over him just because of the way the team struggled at the start. Um, but you know, you, you mentioned the Champions League, and I and I was at that that Champions League uh, game against uh, against Pumas here. Um, Tigres. Oh, Tigres. Sorry, Tigres. You know, I don't know my Liga MX teams. Uh, uh, I just found out it was Liga MX and not Liga MX. So there, there, there goes that. There goes that. I'm a basketball <laughs> podcast. What do you want from me? But I was at that Champions League game, and, and you know, Tigres. You know, I think they went to the semifinals of the tournament. Like they were legitimately one of the favorites to win the whole thing. They went toe to toe with that team. They got the draw uh, on the road in a very tough environment. They came home. They got a draw. They didn't technically get beat. They got beat. They got. They lost. They didn't advance on away goals. Um, how, you know, that was an early season game while the team was still figuring themselves out. How important was that experience to know like, Hey, we can beat anybody because like right now, Orlando city is, you know, scoring some, some really big gutsy wins with, you know, late goal, late goals, late stops, just they're finding ways to win games. And, and I feel like that was you know, maybe not a huge moment in the moment, but but something this team is still drawing on a little bit. Yeah, it was funny because when Orlando played Santos Laguna, another Liga MX team in League's Cup, I was asking a bunch of the players, like, you know, that experience playing against Tigres in Mexico and at home, like how much did that kind of help you in terms of not only just preparing for another Liga MX team, but just in terms of like having that confidence, knowing that you can go up against a, a team like Tigres and, a lot of the younger players, you know, said it was it was imperative, you know, just in terms of like giving their their team early season confidence, because, again, they were still trying to figure things out. But knowing that when they play together and when they play, uh, 
you know, their their tactics are sound, that they they can go toe to toe with just about any team in the Northeast or in in the Northern Hemisphere, I guess, North and Central America. So, I, I think it was a, a really big boon for their confidence and kind of continued throughout, uh, whether they realize it or not. Um, just having those those big results um, definitely carries through. And you know, just going even back to the last game they had against Chicago, like they've been off for, I think. Four, yeah yeah 18 days was between games and usually when you're coming back from that big of a break there it's slow to get into um but team turned it around in the second half they scored three goals in the final 45 minutes and won three to one on the road they are the best team on the road in all of mls this year um you know you talked about the home record uh which is unfortunate right now but uh, they're making it up on the road, and uh, that's certainly a lot harder to do, especially in MLS, to go on the road and get results and wins. Um, so now if they can just figure it out at home consistently, um, boy, they'll be a really hard team to beat in the playoffs. Yeah, and it feels like they're starting to figure some stuff out at home. I think they're they've got they've got a decent uh, I don't know if it's an unbeaten streak anymore, but they, but they've 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 had a pretty good uh, show of form at, at home. And so you know now that we're past the league's cup, um, you know if you don't know what the league's cup is, MLS and Liga MX had uh, this you know st- you know MLS essentially stopped their season for three and a half weeks, almost a month. And had this like mini tournament with the teams from Liga MX, which is Mexico Soccer League, uh, you know the most, I think it's still the most watched league in, in the United States. Um, um, it's, it, it was a really, really fun tournament. It was a really, really fun idea. Um, it, you know, people really got into it. Obviously uh, a certain player that plays for inner Miami uh, had a lot to, to generating buzz and eventually winning the thing for that team uh, in Fort Lauderdale. But um, now that we're in the sprint to the finish, you know, now that we've taken this breath, had this nice little distraction and, and, and we're aiming for the, for the MLS cup playoffs, what is Orlando City capable of doing in in the playoffs? What do you see? At, you know, a what do you see? How do you see them finishing the season? And what are they capable of doing to finish the season? And then what are they capable of doing when they get into that playoff scenario where you know, frankly, Oscar Perea is really good in elimination game scenarios. Yeah, it's definitely interesting because Orlando City. As I said before, they've made the playoffs every year that Oscar has been in charge. However, it's usually in situations that they've made the playoffs, which has been kind of harder. 2020 season, they were pretty much a, a given in terms of making the playoffs and um, even won their their first game. Technically, they drew and then advanced because they won in a shootout, <laughs> which technically doesn't count as a win, which is frustrating because technically Orlando City hasn't won a playoff game. Technically, Rodrigo um, Schlegel was a goaltender that game. You know, there's there's game. a lot of technicalities <laughs> in that game. Uh, technically, Pedro Galese should never have been sent off. By, yeah, that's by also true. Law. So, um, you know, it's it, it, it was a weird, fun, crazy game. But um, that was the, the farthest they've gotten in the playoffs, which is the quarterfinals. So they, they advanced from their first game and then went to the quarterfinals, and that was it. So the last two seasons it's come down to the last game of the regular season for them to make the playoffs because towards the end of the seasons, um, they've struggled and had to, you know, go from 
basically where they are now to um, kind of almost out and then right back in at the very last game of the season and then gone into the playoffs and not been as good. This year has been a bit different. Like you mentioned, slow start, faster middle of the season. Now you got 11 games left to go. Question being, because the next 11 games are not going to be easy. Their next game against St. Louis, uh, one of the best teams in the Western Conference right now, as an expansion team, by the way. Um, They just dropped six goals on Austin, and they're looking pretty good offensively. They they play a lot like uh, the New York Red Bulls, who press high. They like to basically give you the ball and then just uh, send numbers forward, force turnovers, and then hit you on the counterattack. So um, it's certainly going to be an interesting game here in Orlando. First meeting between these two teams. Uh, St. Louis has a former Orlando player in Nico Joachini, who joined midseason last year, didn't get much playing time. So he may have a chip on his shoulder because uh, he's scoring a, a lot of goals for them right now. So I think it'll be a, a really fun game, but I think it'll be a really tough game too. And I think the last 11 games of the season, they're all against perennial playoff teams other than the final game of the season against Toronto in Toronto. Uh, they've been going through a lot right now, but I think that when you look at this schedule, it really will test this team and their true ability. If they can get through this last 11 games of the season and make it out clean on the other side in a very good position in the playoffs. I think they can make a really good run in the playoffs simply because they weathered a massive storm to get there. Yeah. And I, it feels like that's always the case. Like, look, you're playing in a professional league and you know, the margins in MLS are, are certainly pretty tight. Um, you know, I, I say this a lot to a lot of people who are, who are new to MLS. It, it, it always feels like it's very easy to go from last to first and first to last. There's not, there's not a huge talent gap difference. Um, you know, and that's just the nature of the league, the nature of having a salary cap in a sport that for the most part isn't salary capped around the world. Um, you know, it, it, it feels like this race is going to be very similar to what we're expecting uh, for the magic in the play-in race. You know, I, I look at the, the Eastern conference, you know, play-in race and, you know, I think it's silly when, you know, the top 10 teams do make the postseason. It's silly for any of the 15 teams to think that we can't be the team that get that gets in, that we can't be the team that sneaks in at this stage of the season. Now, you know, you can tell, you could probably tell me, I would probably agree with you, like Detroit and Washington, they need a lot to go right to, to make the play-in tournament and, and to be consistent. Um, Charlotte would probably need a lot to go right. I don't want to dismiss them because outside of last year when their injuries hit, they were a play, they were a playing team the last two seasons. So don't throw them out, but you're looking at like very tight margins for like the magic to get in. So with Orlando city, what needs to go right to make sure that they get in? What is, what is the, the one thing they need um, besides winning? That's, that's the obvious (laughs) like, like but but what's what's the one thing you know maybe their one weakness that they have to really fine-tune these last 12 13 games 11 12 games games to make sure that they're playing postseason soccer i think there's there's probably two answers to that question one is stay healthy um you know the other obvious one (laughs) yeah um it's it's certainly tough to to stay healthy through a full 34 game season um Thankfully, they've started to get a lot of players back from injury. Um, they just got Junior Urso, who left the club at the end of last season, then re-signed in the about two, a month ago, month and a half ago, right before League um, Cup. Yeah, right before League Cup, and then just made his uh, 
re-debut in the game against Chicago. So having him back in the midfield as an option off the bench or as a starting role, uh, he's invaluable in terms of his leadership and his uh, just ability on the field. And then you've got uh, guys like Mikey Holiday and Gaston Gonzalez who have been injured for uh, a number of months. They're coming back, working their way into the fold. Mikey just got a few minutes in Chicago as well. So having guys in the defense and in the midfield on the wings, very big. Um, Antonio Carlos picked up a knock in training the other day. So uh, there's still a question of how much he'll be out. So Rodrigo Schlegel is going to be uh, most likely filling in for that uh, for who knows how long at this point. But um, he has certainly proved himself to be a, a capable backup. He is no Antonio Carlos, though. So I think that you lose a little bit and you have to kind of work your way around that in terms of the defensive cover. Um, but I think the other thing is just being consistent offensively. You know, <laughs> it's the simplest, uh, simplest ideas. But right, realistically, like when they weren't scoring goals, there was a lot of pressure on the defense. And when there's less pressure on the defense because you're scoring goals, uh, everything seems to flow better. So, you know, having a guy like Duncan McGuire continue his his torrid form. He didn't score against Chicago, uh, but that doesn't mean he's, you know, out of form by any means. Um, I, I think that just having him uh, and having Ramiro Enrique, who's been uh, a bit more active as the backup forward right now. Urchankara has also been six, so he's been out. Um, but just having guys step up as well, Facundo Torres, Ivan Angula, like I mentioned, even Mauricio Pereira scored in the League's Cup, um, who he's a, he's a facilitator more than anything. He doesn't really score goals. so He's, he's like the team's point guard. Like, he is absolutely the team's point guard. Everything runs through him. Yeah, you get him the ball in the middle of the field, he's going to he, he he's out there looking looking to distribute the ball to guys. That's, that's, that's the best basketball analogy for him. Yeah, and I think that, you know, having these guys step up. I remember talking to Oscar about it a couple months ago now. And after one of their games that they had that they they lost at home, he had a team meeting with everybody and basically said, hey, all the weight on this team to score goals can't just be on the forwards. I need everyone to step up. I need your defenders. I need midfielders. I need wingers. Don't put all the pressure on the forwards. You have the ability to score. Go out and look for it. And that's when things started turning around for this team is all of a sudden they said, yeah, go, go try and score. And they're like, Oh, okay. And they did <laughs> get and that green you, light. Shoot, right, shooters yeah, gotta shoot. <laughs> instead. Well, instead of just, you know, finding the forwards, they started finding the goal and that seemed to open up everything for the forwards as well. So when, when things started opening up, defenses couldn't just key in on the guy up front. They had to make sure that everybody was marked. And then once that happened, it, everything started clicking. So I think that, if they can continue that, make sure that defenders, um, you know, you got to mark everybody. Yeah. 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 Just, and, and just like open up the game a little bit more and I yeah. think you'll, you'll find success, but against, you know, tougher teams, uh, that like to bunker in and counterattack, that's going to be very hard. Uh, Orlando loves to have possession. Some teams love to give possession and just hit you on the counter. So, um, you know, being ready for those situations is going to be key. Um, but you got a guy like Pedro Glace in the back who's been their starter for the last three years. Um, they call him El Pupo because he's got eight arms to save everything. And that's true. Um, <laughs> he really does. He's, 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 he's finds ways to make saves that shouldn't be possible. Um, but he, he, he makes it work. And I think that if those all things go right, uh, they should be in a good playoff spot. Yeah, and it's, and it's an interesting point you, you bring up about the need to, to, to look for your own, um, you know, because 
you know, I, I think we see this sometimes with this Magic team. I think we could definitely say we saw this about the Orlando City team. You can be too unselfish. Like if you're overpassing, you're missing good scoring opportunities. You've got to have them. You got to have an aggressive mindset uh, in any sport to to know when to look for your own when the opportunity presents itself, but also to know, hey, while I'm looking for my own, that opens everything up for someone else. That's when the pass comes. It's not passing just a pass. It's passing with purpose. And, you know, Steve Clifford used to talk about this a lot, playing with purpose. It's having intention with every single thing that you're doing. And, and, you know, you see that across all sports. And then, you know, we look at this Orlando Magic team. They're they're really they're really tight-knit group. They can be unselfish at times. You know, you know, sometimes you want Franz Wagner to take more shots than he's taking and not disappear. You want Paolo Bancaro to, to force his way. You want Markel Fultz. You know, you need Markel Fultz to be willing to take a three when he when he's open. You can't be afraid to take those shots. And and you know, again, I think that's something that's that's universal across all sports, no matter what, no matter what. Um, let me get you out out of here with this. Then it's kind of a bigger picture uh, idea with this Orlando City team. Um. Like you said, they made the playoffs the last three years. They look like they're on track to, to make a fourth, knocking on wood. Um, but what has that kind of consistency meant for the franchise? And how does, you know, again, we'll, we'll see what happens this year. They're in a very good spot this year. But how does, in a different league than the NBA, obviously, too, but how does this team kind of level up? What, 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 how do you, you know, how does this team go from, this consistent playoff team to a consistent team that is competing for a championship? It's a good question. I, I feel like that they've, they've been a slow, Ooh, I, you know what? I'm going to use a word that has been a consistent <laughs> phrase throughout all okay. of Orlando sports history. Hey, you ready hey, for I, 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 I love, I love repeating coach talk and, and defining it myself. So hit it, hit me with it. Sleeping giants. Oh, heard that one all the time. through oh, all UCF. the time. Um, but I think it's it's very uh, apt for Orlando City as well. They've been building a contender slow and steadily for the last couple of years. You know, they've had stars come and go. They've they've had players come in and leave. And I think that they've found a, a, a very good formula right now that has been working. Um, they've got young guys in the wings that are up and coming that are getting looks at from Europe. You know, Facundo Torres last year was getting looks from Europe and, uh, you know, scored a goal against Arsenal which the MLS All-Stars couldn't do this year. So, you know, just saying. But <laughs> just, um, saying. <laughs> just saying. Uh, I think that, you know, you have all these guys that are, are up-and-coming players um, that have played at high levels in their home countries, come to Orlando and started building themselves up now, um, that they are set for a, a future, not just the present. And, you know, you have all these guys that are coming out of the academy as well. Um, Orlando City B just signed a 14-year-old. Um, I I can't wrap my head around the fact that they've signed a 14-year-old who is now a professional athlete. Uh, but Gustavo Caballero, shout out to him. Um, he's turning 15 in like a week, so he won't be 14 for too long, but still. He'll be able to drive a little bit. Yeah. Um, <laughs> he really has to have his parents get him to uh, professional practice. He's on a professional salary. Uh, but again, you know, you have a guy like that that is coming through the ranks, that is building his way up into the first team. You've got guys like Fabio and Loyola, um, who's come out through the academy, has been playing a lot for OCB, got his first taste of uh, professional minutes uh, a couple months ago. Uh, and then you have a guy uh, like Alejandro Granados, who was with the academy from age 12 to 17. Um, 
got time with the Spanish youth national team, scored a goal for them in the Euros over there, um, got his first taste of professional MLS minutes, and then has now been sold to Club Bruges in Belgium and is now going to be playing over in Europe. So having guys like that coming through the system, it's it's building for the future, not just for the present. And I think that you know they're, they're setting themselves up for success, not only for this year, but for years to come. And that's one of the things that that I think Oscar Pereira has done a really good job, and it's something that you know you don't talk about the MLS like the the so- not just MLS the soccer youth development system is so so different than the NBA youth development system mm-hmm. than basketball's youth development system, especially at least in the United States. It's the same way everywhere else in the world. The United States, we can have that discussion about how the U.S. needs to get get itself together with some of its sports development programs and and how they mm-hmm. can they can mold their own athletes into the players they need to be. But that's a debate for another day. Um, yeah. No, I do, Oscar- I do. I do want to say, though, uh, with the Academy, especially, you know, it's not just Oscar Pereja. I got to give a shout out to uh, Luis Muzi, the GM, yep. uh, Ricardo Morera, the assistant GM, Javier Carrillo, the Academy director um, and the entire Academy like system, because you start at U12. It's all in-house. They've got the entire facility over at Osceola Heritage Park that has been built out for the Academy. Um, you know, just over at training today, uh, the U15s and U17s were training at the same time as the first team. And the first team coaches went over and said, hey, I need a couple guys. So kids that are 15, 16 years old are training with the MLS team, getting like valuable learning experience from these professional players that have been doing it for years on end. And some of these guys that have been in their shoes like two years ago um, and having that just everything in house to be able to to have those moments, I think, has really spoken a lot to the development of Orlando city as a youth development powerhouse um, because you've seen it in the Academy's results as well. You know, they've been very good in their uh, MLS next performances, which is the league that the Academy plays in. And you're starting to see these guys come out of there. So I think that again, you know, where soccer was a couple years ago compared to an NBA development program where you have so many different, opportunities where it's like fbva aau um any youth basketball program it's it's very uh different uh from from each situation but with mls they have created a hierarchy now where there is a pathway to a professional life uh not having to go through college not having to go through high school soccer um very similar to a european model and i think that that has really spoken highly of just where orlando city has come just over the last three years since oscar and his staff have come in and, and kind of an important point on that, just to, just to, to, to scale that to, to what's going on with magic it's organization wide, like or, Orlando city's Academy is run by the same people that run the Orlando, Orlando city SC. It, it's all under one house, as you said. And, you know, the NBA is starting to experiment a little bit more with this, with the G league, you know, obviously the Orlando magic, have a very close relationship with their G league team. They're moving from Lakeland to Osceola. Their actually, their stadium is actually, I think I think Silver Spurs is right next to Osceola Heritage Park and, and that Orlando City facility, so maybe they'll yeah, it's maybe literally be, within within a, yeah. a two minute walk. Exactly. Um, so you know maybe they'll maybe they will be able to uh, to chat and 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 learn some things from from their brethren. I I am I'm a big believer that Orlando City and the Magic have a lot to teach each other and 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 that they're at, you know especially because Orlando City season runs opposite the Orlando Magic's. They're they're not enemies for the same dollars. They should. They should very much be looking to learn from each other and partner in as many ways as they can. Um, I'm not, I love, I love the color purple, but I'm not sold the magic should wear purple jerseys quite yet, (laughs) but, uh, 
but maybe maybe we'll get there, especially uh, uh, especially once uh, Orlando City brings home another trophy uh, this year. Um, Austin, I, I want to thank you for coming on, sharing a little bit more with us uh, about Orlando City. Uh, tell everyone where they can find you, find your writing, learn a little bit more about the Lions. Yeah, so um, like you said in the beginning of the show, OrlandoCitySC.com is where you find everything of mine now. Um, I, I you know, control the website and everything that's written on it. So <laughs> nice. um, if it's good, let me know. If it's bad, also let me know and, and we can help improve it. That's that's the goal here is uh, to, to improve everything about the website, make it more fan-friendly. So uh, uh, if you want to follow me on X, Twitter, whatever it's called, uh, at Austin we Davis. Still got the bird. We still got the bird. Yeah, the we thing on the bottom there. We haven't, up, we haven't updated yet. <laughs> well, uh, that's where you can find me and everything that I got. So, um, yeah, appreciate it. Yeah. Um, Austin, I always appreciate you ha- having you on to talk a little in our city. We'll, we'll, we'll maybe get you on to talk some magic. You're also, you're also a basketball guy too. So, so we don't want, we don't want to ignore that, but, um, thank you for coming on, sharing, sharing a little bit about Orlando city with us. And, and hopefully, uh, we'll be celebrating a, a championship here very, very soon. Here's hoping. Thanks, Phil. I want to thank Austin David for coming on the show, sharing a little bit with us about Orlando City. Uh, you know, it, we're here in the city, beautiful. We support our Lions, and we're very, very excited to see them uh, make their make their return to the playoffs. Obviously, still a little bit of work to do to make sure that they get that playoff spot. But really fun season for the Lions. If you haven't checked them out, they're playing this Saturday against St. Louis FC uh, at Exploria Stadium. I think it's just four or five home games left, including the big one against that guy who's playing for that team in Fort Lauderdale. Uh, don't, none of us like Miami. That's that's that Orlando and Miami just they just they don't get along just in everything. Like literally, you can go down the list on everything. Orlando and Miami don't get along. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I get along with the locked on heat guys, but that's neither here nor there. Be sure, uh, be sure to check check that out and be sure to follow Austin David as well with all his great coverage of Orlando City on the Orlando City SC.com website. But that's gonna do it for me today. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked On Magic. Was find me on Twitter at Philip R underscore OMD. Subscribe to the podcast and Apple Podcasts. If you're tuning in, Himalaya, Google Play, Spotify, Odyssey, all the fun we sell on the podcast to your podcast enabled listening device. For latest on the Orlando Magic, be sure to check out OrlandoMagicDaily.com. You can follow us on Twitter at OMagicDaily. For my everyday crew, uh, we're hoping to have a guest on tomorrow's show, talk a little bit more about the Orlando Magic's roster moves and what to expect from the Magic as training camp comes closer. We'll get to that hopefully tomorrow. If not, we'll have some other fun topic to discuss on the Orlando Magic. But until then, for Orlando Magic Daily and Locked on Magic, this has been Philip Rossman. We'll see you all again next time for another episode of Locked on Magic.